0: This episode of Ready Set Pwn is brought to you by Circle K, who currently has exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups available at participating Circle K and Max convenience stores here in Western Canada. With six different cups available, maybe you'll grab a bumper, or maybe you'll grab a slime. Maybe you'll grab the entire set of six. Whatever you do though, don't wait too long. These exclusive collector cups are only available while supplies last. Oh, and uh, one last thing. Once you've picked up a cup or you've picked up all six, shoot us a picture of it on Twitter by tagging us at ReadySetPone. Hey, and while you're at it, tag Circle K2 at Circle K West Ken, just to let them know, RSP sent you. Accretion is the potato of
1: Overwatch abilities.
0: Five, four, three, two, one. fun! Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Poem podcast, your premier source for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, the voice you've been loving for a year now. That's right. RSP is a year old. We celebrated by having absolutely no cake, no prizes, and that's only something we came to understand was happening because Facebook memories told me so. But uh, I am joined virtually by Sam and Omni. That is Another Sam Chan and Omni Strife for those of you looking on Twitter. How are you doing, gentlemen? Doing great. The final stretch. Happy birthday, RSP.
2: What did you talk about September of last year?
0: So it's it's funny you ask. A little, <laughs> I, um, I was talking to uh, a few people at the at the watch party about it and how like uh, one of them had said, you know, he he really enjoyed seeing how the podcast has evolved over time uh, and. You know the the how it started off was just me, then Omni and I, then you and I, Sam, and then the three of us got together, and now it's like we're we're old friends. And I'm like, oh, so you you, know, you listen to one of those earlier episodes, like where it was pretty much you know 15 minutes of theme song and me saying, hey guys, here's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I went back to one of those
1: earlier episodes. Man, it's rough. I'm I'm way less horrible now. <laughs>
2: I don't think I ever listened to a full episode until probably like 10 episodes in because of the theme song.
0: Well, so I I have to concede like when it comes to that type of production work, that's not actually something I'd had as much experience in in dealing with. Like even with my, my hockey podcast um, someone else had created our, our our intro and our music and did a lot of the post-production so when I started taking it on I had to sort of learn on the fly Uh, so the adjustment of our, our sort of theme or intro music is is really me learning how to do it as we record so every time something changes with this podcast and you're like oh that's pretty cool I like how they started doing that there's a good likelihood that Google gave me the answer to what it was I was looking for. And I finally was able to accomplish it in the amount of time that I had allotted to do it. So Omni, that's a license for us to keep breaking stuff.
1: I think so. Well, what's the next step for us? I, do you think drops will work here? Drops? Right now we have to kind of mimic our own past <laughs> drops, right? <laughs> I, I think like that's something that I can look at during the off-season. We'll see.
0: Well, and that's, so that, that raises a good point. Like any off season, that's a, an opportunity for us to experiment. I, you know, we've talked about this down, you know, the ways a bit, but we, we talked about possibly having, you know, a video stream associated with this an ability to tune in live and watch us record. And then the post-produced product will, will show up after the fact, um, as far as drops saying I mean, that's possible, theoretically, oh. if we were in person, uh, my roadcaster pro would allow us to pop drops in. like oh, like straight up, like we we essentially have a podcasting studio in a box. The problem, like for road. <laughs> the problem is the actual studio itself. Like, where are we going to record? How will we do that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So videos during the podcast.
1: Does, does that mean that I'll have to actually get dressed before a pod? <laughs> well,
2: just you don't just, need pants though.
0: Yeah, you just do what the the pros do, right? They're wearing like a suit and tie or at least the appearance of a suit and tie and really all is a sport jacket over a shirt with a tie and who knows what they have underneath the desk. Mm -hmm. Just saying. But uh, you did mention on the, it is the the home stretch. Our Vancouver Titans are off to Philadelphia. That is guaranteed at this point. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the fact that the Vancouver Titans did beat the New York Excelsior to make that happen. We also know that the Vancouver Titans are going to be facing off against the San Francisco Shock. So we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that the Shock had to go through a slightly different journey to uh, lock in their uh, tickets to uh, the city of brotherly love. Uh, there's a few other things going on in the world of Overwatch I think we'll touch on. But uh, hey, you know what? Let's uh, wait no longer and go straight to the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. Okay, i got to get this out of the out of the bag. I was nervous. Uh, when I was at the official Vancouver Titans watch party, watching the Titans face off against the New York Excelsior, I was nervous. And it's not to suggest that I wasn't nervous, you know, when I saw the Vancouver Titans, you know, match up against the Seoul mm-hmm. Dynasty. You know, Sam, you and I had sort of talked about it in real time at the previous watch party, and we talked about it in the, the previous episode. But I... I still had sort of an uh, an air confidence thinking, okay, it wasn't this bad, but the early goings of this fight, you know, New York showed that they had the answer to nearly everything that the Vancouver Titans were able to throw their way. Thankfully, uh, the control map is still a strength (laughs) and it was something that we were able to go and ultimately, you know, uh, put into our favor, but yeah, this, I, I was, I was getting a little worried. Just a little to me, it was all
1: about New York, uh, which is really funny to say. Like, leading up to this episode, it was kind of funny how I flipped on that team. Uh, I think them not coming into a contest as a favorite, but as a clear underdog, kind of did wonders to that team. We saw leaders rising up to the challenge with Saviobi, he's, he's performed really well, especially off off the game itself we saw a lot of like camaraderie there especially at the hardest times and it was definitely a tight game I mean NYXL gave us their all maybe it was too much considering how they're showing uh, how their game was against the shock so maybe they were really really out of energy or out of anything to show but uh yeah you guys want to like break down the maps and all that because at the start I think we started well, and Lee Jung Tower is kind of becoming one of those. Like in the past, we had, you know, Hollywood and, and King's Row. We had these favorite maps that kind of went <laughs> off of grace to, for the Titans. And now in this meta, we have a bunch of uh, maps that I really, really like suddenly. So uh, Lee Jung Tower is definitely one of them. And, and TZ and Janu, uh, their duo feels a bit more aggressive and more controlled. Um, in this map, and, and I think leading up to this game, they also mentioned how Janu actually uh, is leading, you know, the league right now in the damage done and and a lot of good stats for Janu in 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 uh, Sigma play. It's something that you don't really see right from the get go, right? Because we saw a lot of like good performances on on that new hero from from people like Gator and Choi but it's actually who has the best stats coming into this game. And both Reapers, they started slow and, and, you know, there was a big back and forth between Haxel and Libero. But Haxel is better. And, and we're going to talk about, I want to talk a little bit about Haxel and what I think he means to this team uh, going forward. But Titans, they were like kind of an OT away from winning it all really easily in this map. And they did retake and stabilize, they stabilized the map. But Sabiobi started a weird pattern of throwing alts away. So we started strong, one zero two the Titans. Anything you guys want to add to that map on Li Jiang? I think it started out feeling very much Soul-like. Actually,
2: it reminded right. me a lot of the Soul game, where where we took control quite handedly, and then the the ohs came um After where that. yeah just just maps two and three and then e- even back to i think it was gibraltar was the fourth map if if i remember yeah, correctly yeah 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 it it felt the same way where the the titans felt like they flipped a switch so just the the curvature of this game like i don't because That's i had true. seen it with soul i don't think i was as nervous as uh as chris was but that being said like i was literally watching on on a phone on the train um <laughs> you know lt be damned um so, so you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you know the bumping
1: got to me. But you're definitely right. That exactly the same term I used in my notes. There's a weird curve to how we play games, and if in the past, even during the jolly days of goats, when we were like literally impossible to beat, we kind of started off slow, and then mm-hmm. we ramped up the pace, and now we start out strong, which is really a weird thing for me, at least going. Uh, really powerful on the first map then we kind of uh play worse kind of adapt on the fly so kings row uh oh man i am so it's so weird about really right? like, i think i think yeah. we talked about this before how like all of a sudden
2: controls the one that we no longer have to worry about and it's the numbani's the the kings row even hollywood you know Ooh. maps that were gimmies for us before that now we're
0: yeah. uncharacteristically struggling with so well, we- I put in the rundown, you know, are Numbani and King's Row both broken? Like, is it, is that the explanation here? Or is it the fact that the Vancouver Titans in the current meta have yet to figure out how to remain as dominant? I want to have an asterisk next to Numbani though. The Vancouver Titans didn't do too badly on Numbani until (laughs) it went extras. And then like having almost held the first point, New York was then able to snowball all the way to 3 and that yeah. gave the Vancouver Titans absolutely no joy because it's such a slog for them now. And and even on King's Row, we saw the Vancouver Titans, um, you know, where previously they would bend and not break, they're mm-hmm. now bending on defense and yeah. breaking. So there's a few things that I've
1: noticed when I rewatched the King's Row map. Uh, we've been having constant issues with the flankers, especially Doomfist flanks. Because I guess, like, against Gladiators, it was a sure for on the Reaper. But this game was definitely a Libero's game. And there were some weird kills there. Uh, when Slime went for the ult, uh, he had, like, a sound barrier, and he suddenly oh, popped out of the That was hole. on
0: King, King's Row, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that was the about punch that won the King's map. Row, yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's awareness or communication issues are still not where we want them to be. Maybe it's Tizzy coming into the play. Maybe it's just the meta. I mean, we didn't forget the map geometry, right? We know where people might be coming from. I think, honestly, it's kind of a hot take. I think we just miss the bubbled bumper plowing from for space. Because even when we get like a, a good pick or a good initiation, when when uh, Twilight gets uh, the first coalescence, there was a point there when you know how in King's Row, like the defenders, they kind of back off the point and they give you a, a little bit entry into the point and they go uh, play that corner. And the Titans normally would just like go in for the kill and, and stomp that throttle or whatever you want to call it. And here they they kind of felt like not as reluctant. And I guess yeah. TZ maybe not is still comf- confident enough or comfortable uh, with the supports behind him. And, and Orissa, you know how how she plays, it's just. Place your uh, shield. Go forward. Place your shield. Go forward. It's not like, like bumper who could just charge in, and and you know that Sam and Sue will pop that bubble right. You you know that it's actually not as risky as it normally would be to other teams. So maybe that's a thing.
0: Well, just... I don't necessarily know if it's so much Tizzy over Bumper and so much as Arissa over Rhyme. Yeah. Like, when you get that pick, Orisa is not the the horse you lead the charge in with. Right. Right, and that's I think where we do see that difference, but you raise a good point that previously, if the Vancouver Titans, at least in the goats Meadow, were to get that that one one pick didn't really matter even who all they needed to get is the six v five or that one person advantage, it was as if the entire you know playing field shifted, and then the Titans took the fight to the team that were playing, and mm-hmm. then if they were to be the one that had to suffer the pick. They were much better at sort of you know adapting and, and turtling to some respect to continue to win team fights. That's not something we're necessarily seeing a whole lot of. In fact, I'd argue that the only time that we saw that sort of turtle and stagger um, effectively against New York was on on the Temple of Anubis second point when I think the actual overtime on the second point nearly was two minutes in length on Anubis? On Anubis. So yeah. here you have New York, who has spawn advantage. And at one point, I think, had like a 5v2, and yet the Vancouver Titans were able to do enough to continue to keep it an OT. And then eventually, just through sheer alt economy, uh, were able to, to set up shop and get it to, to extras. But again, unfortunately, the time, uh, <laughs> time bank was not man. in the Titans' favor. Another issue with the Bastion, rate,
2: right? Mm hmm the bastions the bane of my existence but um i'm really glad you guys brought this up because i know mid-match i said i tweeted out probably emotionally bring bumper back for one map Mm. um and this is not a knock on tizzy and i'm gonna keep harping on this but but tizzy's a better orissa but i just really really like that extra ot clutch factor where where bumper can just go into Ryan, and we saw that earlier in in uh, stage four, where where bumper just said, "Screw it, screw the meta, I'm just going to go back on Ryan. It's what I'm good at." And we've seen them stalls, we've seen them complete point threes, kind of just through that extra push
1: where where it's almost pure will. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tizzy actually switched to the Ryan really really
0: late into Anubis OT on attack, which was funny yeah to, he, me. to to charge it like and that's that's actually interesting that, you, that he that's who he switched to because in other maps we've seen him switch to. Uh, to Hammond. Now, in fairness, uh, or uh, Janu was on Hammond, so it could very well have yeah. been that that's the next fastest character, correct? But I, I, you know, ultimately that was the only shift to, to Ryan that we saw. Um, although I guess he did have Ryan at King's Row at one point too. Well, yeah. regardless, though, I, I I think with what we're currently seeing from the Vancouver Titans, it's apparent that you know the Orissa play from tizzy is what's putting them into the lineup and i don't think even if they needed it bumper ever comes in mm-hmm.
2: right. not letting this go stay tuned for next week
1: it's <laughs> <laughs> so they they yeah they at this point i think it was 2-1 and then we went to break right
0: yeah so the the vancouver titans win on Lu Zhang. they lose on king's row they lose and- on anubis and uh, or and well actually we'd have gone to To break uh, with Kings Row, and it was one one. Oh. Then it's two one, and then Watchpoint Trebolter occurs, oh. and it's as really? if Like the Vancouver Titans decided that they were going to win. Now, like I had, I had commented on on Twitter that, oh yeah, Hacksaw's decided they want to win. Mm-hmm. It's like, not just that they learned how to not get flanked suddenly. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a combination. We've actually seen this on Watchpoint Trebolter a couple of times now, where. That map is the turning point for the Vancouver Titans where, whether it's the style of the map, the way the meta works with the map, or just the fact that maybe this is the map that the team scrims on over and over and over again. And in a weird turn of events, it used to be like a bad map for us, like where we used to uh, lose momentum in the past. Yeah, exactly. So it is an interesting dynamic. But you had... Uh, both, I mean, Haxel who decided, yeah, hey guys, we're going to win, and he pretty mm-hmm. much put the Titans on his back, and then uh, you know, Soman Su is like, oh, I can get in on the action, and yeah. suddenly he becomes, you know, the best uh, uh, Reaper in the Overwatch yeah. League. Like, it, it, it's as if a switch was flipped.
1: Because when all eyes are on Haxel, it's much easier to do the, the things that Soman Su do. much easier to yeah. clean up. It's, it's, and it's they're much also- like the Widow, right? Like, yeah. Yeah.
2: You, you get the popping off when when you know your team's got coverage for you.
1: And hey, we've also learned how to follow through and get more space. Like they never let off the gas, right? Mm -hmm. They were adapting. What a weird concept in in Overwatch League, right? Yeah,
0: and the the fact remains that, you know, the Vancouver Titans had a killer time bank here. Mm I mean, they picked this map and had to attack first and their time bank was through the roof. Even if New York was able to have gotten to that, that final point to push it to extra, it was, I think the time bank alone, the Vancouver Titans were going to push through. But there, now we have it 2-2. So we go into a control map, which the Vancouver Titans apparently don't lose everyone control. Uh, we go to Busan, where we had someone sued doing bumper things. Uh, like. And, you know, I'm curious if that's just sort of the way he plays or if he's been encouraged to do bumper things like, oh, you can and you can tell he's doing it. He goes and crouches. You know, I'm going to go to this one spot. And I'm going to crouch. <laughs> I'm just going to hang out here and see if, you know, the the team's going to drop over. Like on, on Busan specifically, um, <laughs> there was one point where he's just crouching, waiting for them to come over the middle. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't occur, but – yeah. He did the same thing versus Gladiators, too. It's it's kind of weird how polarizing the maps are to us now. Yeah. But with the Vancouver Titans winning on Busan and going up at this point, 3-2 match point, the New York Excelsior have a choice between Nambani and Eichenwald, and they choose Nambani, which prior to the playoffs, I don't think any team would have wanted to roll the dice on. But now we've seen that Nimbani is a fallible map for the Vancouver Titans. And at least in the early going, it looked like the Titans had settled down. They had a handle on things, but then it just started to fall apart. Yeah. It, like, you know, again, this might be to do with the fact that we do see a, an interesting Nimbani meta uh, where, you know, there's a decision that uh, we need to go with the, the bastion. But I don't feel the Vancouver Titans can can do the Bastion meta well enough. And then, sure. you know, New York sets up a pirate ship and off they go.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like the two things that we really struggle with is the Bastion and the far. And guess what? They did both. And um, for Numbani, it didn't really work out for us too much. They finished their run really, really quick. Uh, they didn't Bastion at the end there, but we couldn't really catch up with all the economy and despite some like promising fight beginnings uh we, we, we couldn't really, you, you know, like, like you said, sometimes we'd get that first pick, but then we lose two people.
0: So, well, I mean, look at, look at extras here. You know, we, the Vancouver Titans nearly were able to hold the first point, mm-hmm. but eventually New York, you know, forced the issue in OT to then start escort. But, Again, as we're in extras, no extra time is being added to the clock. You have uh, Hacksaw, who's playing May and has his alt. Yeah. New York knows this, but knows they can't get off the escort. So they're in a tough spot. And yet, even with that alt cast, nothing comes from it. New York gets a couple picks, and next thing you know, it's a snowball. Like right. I st- I don't know how the Vancouver Titans were able to misplay that opportunity. and And from that point, they just couldn't recover. New York, essentially, I mean, was there truly ever a team fight after that point until the end? Like, I know that the Vanker Titans might have been able to slow the escort down a bit, but New York just simply set up shop and, hey, guys, how you doing? Surgical. You know, I'm surprised <laughs> at, 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 at one point that, uh, you know, Sabi oldie didn't get a, 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 you know, inactivity timer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how bad it was. Uh, Yeah. And I guess having seen that, that's where I then had probably the most concern. I've now watched the Vancouver Titans lose on Kings row North and Numbani North and map seven. We're now looking at a full escort, which the Vancouver Titans have not shown. They've been as capable on in recent years. So we get into Dorado now. What do the Titans proceed to go and do? Well, they go and they get their their three points. Hard fought, but they get their three points. And Not I'm only, thinking, yeah. You Sorry. know, at, at least at least the Titans stand a chance.
1: But how did they get them? Notice that they we we ran into the Baston Fire comp again, but we actually adapted and uh Twilight went off meta just for that first round. Well, and yeah, with the for the Ana. He had so many clutch sleeps there and uh, constantly harassed both the Mercy and the Farah, which was quite incredible. If he hadn't landed those, we might have not gotten the opportunity to actually get all the way through. So it was great from the Titans. Not only that, but they uh, kind of jumped that Bastion comp really hard they failed to do in, in previous maps before that really like um yeah dorado was really a concern because suddenly we're not really good at those maps <laughs> maybe we're sandbagging when we're trying to like <laughs> fool the
0: shock into oh, selecting. Yeah. That's, the, yeah, that's what the teams are doing we're sandbagging in the playoffs yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely
2: <laughs> i really really liked twilight back on the Ana. honestly up to this point i thought that jonek had uh, outplayed him i thought jonek was getting his alts on Mm -hmm. on Moria like super super fast like i remember i I can't remember which maps there were a couple of maps where they were pretty much at like point a spawn and yeah and he already had his ult on like what felt like the first fight so so like i i thought that you know this concept of playing your strengths i think vancouver might want to do that a little bit more coming up as opposed to just kind of settling for the meta
1: so then we, we – we, he did go back to the Moira when we were on, on, on defense. Oh, sorry. Yeah, when we were on defense. And they did try that Bashan far again. Uh, there was a good pick. I'm not sure who actually, you know, donated damage to kill that far, <laughs> But the fi- final bullet came from Tizzy right to the head. I, I do remember this. Oh, the Farah which was really was surprising. Funny. And Vancouver just plowed through the team and they used – their, you know, favorable, favorable alt economy. Because what happens if you you step off that composition, that Pharah Bastion composition, and you already start fighting uphill because you're not on the same pace with the other Doomfist and 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 Reaper, right?
0: And so, they did manage to push through, but they wasted so much oh. time. Well, and and this is I, this is the question then for that I have to ask: What was it that the Vancouver Titans did differently on defense to combat the pharmacy that that came out? that they haven't been able to do because like they were getting picks and they were frustrating New York like New York was was having absolutely no joy until the point that you raised once they switched off to the the doom fist reaper meta that we're accustomed to alt economy completely changed which gave the titans even more time you could almost argue that the excelsior invested their entire fight just to get to the first checkpoint and by then, they had absolutely no time left to continue to go and uh, overcome a Vancouver Titans alt economy that, that was essentially through the roof. I think some of it, I'm not
1: really trying to go ahead and, and, and guess what was uh, part of the plan. But part of it, probably picking Dorado, is about how Farah doesn't really have that free space and and constant places to hide from like you would normally see on on hollywood uh i mean on nbani or or in eichenwald i think she's less she has less cover especially when you go into that uh, city square where all the piñatas hang or whatever you want to call it so suddenly she doesn't really have that much she doesn't really uh she can't really hide at any given point so they can focus her down maybe that was the you know the deciding factor maybe i don't know i'm just i'm just in platinum so
0: (laughs) yeah you know they're all fair points to raise but we've also seen the vancouver titans run into you know pharmacies before where there have been similar restrictions and have had um, an inability to adjust and adapt Um, and i you know it's interesting because i i you know when we were talking about this you know sam you brought up the point that the vancouver titans did adapt earlier and then you, you sam you or sam on you said the same thing here it's interesting that in some situations the titans adapt and others they don't it's kind of like you know to use the reference from the terminator movie series it's like which version of the terminator do we get to see rolled out mm-hmm. you know the dominant brute force arnold schwarzenegger terminator or the uh, liquid metal you know she hulk terminator we got the Shermanator or the <laughs> some, Sherman, the point. Shermanator from American Pie, Yeah,
2: And I mean, the one guy that we haven't really talked too much about, and I really feel like he's, he's the swing guy, um, is Janu and, mm-hmm. and you guys would notice the, the fight, the fights and the matches or not the matches the rounds that we won. Janu was the, was the better, I guess you can call it flex tank. It was Sigma. It was all Sigma. Yeah. Um, And, and the maps that, that we lost, he was, he was missing alts and things like that. And, and, and just the, like, you can see it in his face, his, like his shoulders, there's so much stress in there. So, so I think that's the number one priority going into this week of prep is how do you get Janu feeling confident, feeling comfortable? Um, because he, he really can't miss right now. Every time he misses the Titans lose a match.
1: Maybe it's also like a part of it is the gaming chairs. I'm not sure.
2: Yeah. Switch the chairs.
0: The shoulders.
2: Can we we go find me, Janu, a new chair or something? Yeah. Try standing
0: desk. I'm sure that's how it works with the Overwatch League. We can, we can totally do that. Get them a new chair and a standing desk (laughs) just in time for the grand finals. Completely on on point. Philly's a new place. They can just ship it directly there. It's true. So the Vancouver Titans did beat the New York Excelsior. Dorado, uh, was that match that yeah. uh, could have gone either way but it didn't it went the way of the titans and those of us at the watch party it was like um pure exuberance like you could it, tell I, there was tension there and then uh, once it became apparent like you know people were cheering every pop like I it, think it was nuts
1: i think it's also a factor that the titans have already been there right new york despite their great success in the regular season have never really uh, gotten too much success in the playoffs and the Titans have had those uh, championship experiences when when they tasted smelled that those tickets to Philadelphia to the grand finals in the last stretch there in Umbani you could tell like they were focused they were like you know locked in and and they weren't losing that anymore so maybe that was another factor of them going like up kicking that intensity and focus up to another level to just finish it and be done with it
0: well, before we get ourselves into the fray, um, I did want to give everyone a quick reminder that uh, those of you who dropped a deposit for the very first homestand event here in Vancouver, well, the ticket details will likely be released either, I would imagine, you know, late this week or over the course of the weekend, because for those of you who do recall, uh, the email did say that we would be looking at being able to purchase next week. Now what those details are, we don't know, but if you are wanting to get the most inside of information as possible the second it is available, you need to make sure that you follow us here at Ready Set Pwn, And that's either being in the RSP Discord, either following us on Twitter or on Facebook, or possibly depending on how big the news might be, who knows, maybe a special podcast episode. But are either one of you thirsty right now?
1: I'm always thirsty
0: see Sam Sam is now, he's he's the the planner on the podcast like he comes prepared is what are you drinking there Sam uh,
2: I think it's green apple
0: green apple yep well i'll I'll take your word for it I can't see it green apple does however <laughs> resonate with the fact that it's green and what's also is green Well, slime and you know what you can get a Slime Froster Cup exclusively from Circle K. Now, Circle K is a Canadian company that you're going to find throughout Western Canada specifically because that's where those cups will be found. You may also see them as Max. At least that's what I do. We've got two of them here in uh, Richmond where I live. Now, these cups are starting to run out. I have heard reports from people that they're unable to get all six of them any longer. So you may need to grab them if you see them. Fill it up with your favorite frost or flavor. Uh, grab those cups because once they are gone, they are gone. And I can't think of any better way than to, you know, cool that nervous anxiety than sipping back a solid froster out of your exclusive Vancouver Titans collectible cup from circle K. Now, if you happen to grab one, share a picture with us. In fact, tag us and circle K, let them know you've got them. Uh, in fact, taking it a step further, did you win one of those autographed circle K froster cups? I'd like to see them as well. And just so you know, I'm a little jealous, but Hey, we're going to take a quick break here and, uh, then we'll jump into the fray. let the cat out of the bag. The San Francisco Shock are going to be facing off against the Vancouver Titans in Philadelphia. So for those of you keeping score at home, you know that the San Francisco Shock went through the losers bracket to get there. So we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the weekend that was outside of the fact that we know that the San Francisco Shock uh, played on Thursday, played on Saturday, played on Sunday, and didn't lose a map yeah they played their their opponents
1: not so much
0: <laughs> well okay I, I, I will agree to some respect I mean, yeah. let's let's set this up a little bit so on Thursday the Hangzhou spark faced off against the Atlanta rain the San Francisco Shock faced the LA gladiators uh, the Atlanta rain and uh, they pieced out man like that <laughs> I don't know what to make of that the team that beats the San Francisco shock no showed. They peaked like it was done. Like the Hangzhou spark 4-0'd them. And it was, it wasn't really even close. Uh, It got close, but really it didn't. I mean, the shock, the sparks already were going to win that one, uh, you know, going away. So it'd be a done deal. Now the San Francisco shock then faced off against the LA gladiators. And everyone thought, Oh yeah. You know, the gladiators, I think this is the team that has an opportunity to beat the the shock. It's going to happen. It's going to happen.
2: Who thought that?
0: Oh man, you obviously weren't on, on social. There were a ton of people that picked the gladiators thinking Mm. that the gladiators Mm. had what it took to beat the shock, especially considering how the gladiators, you know, performed before they jumped into the losers bracket. But outside of Busan where the shock were dominant, the glads put up a fight, but it was never in doubt that the shock would win you know like we uh, just to look at the the map here the shock uh, 2-0 the glads on busan then it was 3-2 kings row 3-2 horizon lunar colony 4-3 rialto again the glads put up a fight the shock simply were always going to win mm-hmm. so that set up the the <laughs> following match which was on saturday between those the winners of the two losers The San Francisco Shock and Hangzhou Spark. So again, for those of you who happen to be on social, you started to see people say, ah, I think the Spark have what it takes to beat the Shock. They've performed really well. In fact, they were so dominant against the Atlanta Rain. and who was it that knocked the Shock into the loser's bracket? So therefore, that means the Spark are going to win. So this one, again was kind of close. I mean, it was 2-1 shock on Busan. It was 4-3 shock on King's Row. It was 5-4 shock on Anubis. It was 5-4 shock on Dorado. Another 4-0, but you could almost argue that, okay, now we're starting to see the shock face some competition. The Spark, unfortunately, just couldn't string it together, you know, enough picks to, to turn the table on any particular map. So again, the shock kind of looked fallible. And so knowing that they're now going to face off against the New York Excelsior, again, for those of you who were on social on Sunday, it was a split. There were people that said, Oh, the New York Excelsior are the far better team. Uh, it's their surgical uh, way of doing things. Well, after another 4-0 thrashing of the Excelsior, the San Francisco Shock found themselves off to Philadelphia. Now, this one was also a close one. Uh, The Shock won Lijiang 2-1, Kings Row 3-2, Anubis 6-5, and Rialto 3-2. I actually felt Kings Row and Anubis were the two best fights that the New York Excelsior put together. But I think the Shock almost took a page out of the Titans book. Yeah. Where the Vancouver Titans find a way to clutch out and then once the Excelsior were down 3-0, I mean that that book was finished yeah. if anything they were gonna New York might have written the you know extra half of a chapter, but the shock were going to Philadelphia and you could almost sense it uh, with the you know way that New York played on on Rialto so again, if you were keeping track at home, the San Francisco shock, in three matches over the course of one weekend, played 12 maps and won every single one of them. Yeah. So, how do we stop the shock in Philly? We'll get more into it, you know, next week. Next week's a preview. Sure. preview episode. But I'm going to suggest that the shock aren't the team that we necessarily wanted to face off against.
1: it will definitely be the toughest opponent as of yet in the playoffs for us, but I'd say the same for the shock. They haven't faced the team uh, as strong as us.
0: Is, is this matchup though, inevitable? Is this what was, was written? It was deemed by uncle Jeff when he sat down and, you know, started helping the dev team. You know, work out the quirks to the meta. Like, was was the end game always to have the Vancouver Titans and San Francisco Shock face off? Save for an aberration in stage three, when the Shanghai Dragons suddenly realized that if you play a ton of DPS characters, you can have success with that. I'd say yes. Both teams
1: have uh, kind of by far more talent than the other teams in the league. At least now, looking back. At how this season went. Both have multiple like MVP candidates. Uh, one has you know the rookie of the year. A lot of team all uh, like role stars. Every position is stacked. So, mm. uh, like you said, despite some aberrations or, or San Francisco uh, losing their first match against Atlanta, like and and this this this. Um, structure of, of a double eliminations playoff basically guarantees, unless somebody has like a, a bad case of uh fire noodles poisoning that yes, you will see the Titans and the shock in the finals. And I, and I can't be uh, happier about this.
2: Well, the, I think you center. have to give some credit to New York though. Um, yeah. it, it was a 4-0, but it was one of the closest 4-0s that I've seen in recent memory. Yeah. There's probably a recency bias. Um, you know, a couple of coin flips that could have gone the other way, but you got to give your hats off to the shock. They just, like you said, clutched out yeah. every
1: every like, battle.
2: But I could I, have seen them taking a map or two or three yeah. even.
1: You haven't mentioned Lijiang there, uh, Lightforce, but how New York won that first map. And if they just pulled out that first ma- map, uh, like if they managed to actually win Lijiang, I think the series would have gotten mm-hmm. at least a bit longer. I don't think... The, the shock would have lost it by any means, but I, I definitely think that um, it would have given New York more hope. And I feel like they kind of checked out in the last uh, couple of maps there entirely. Well, I, I, they fought on Anubis. Um, true, true. But they, at no point did you, did you like – I don't know. I, I can't really quantify
0: it, but – well, the, I look, so you're right. New York, you had New York won Jiang. It's a slightly different match. I do believe it's interesting that New York chooses King's Row as the map that they want to face off uh, the shock on. I and mean, it's, that's akin to saying, oh, hey, Vancouver Titans, we're going to pick your best map and we're going to go in and uh, uh, roll you. The Especially- shock are not the Titans.
1: Especially due to the fact that they didn't even try their trademark uh bastion attack composition, which I was looking forward to and seeing how the shock would adapt to that, but they
0: didn't they didn't do that. Well and that, again, that's where I I do wonder why they made that decision. Could they have had maybe the thought that, oh well, you're we able to beat the Titans and the Shock and Titans are almost equal, they're they're not. I think what we see with the Van, the the Vancouver Titans uh right now. Is troubles with a, mm. a few maps, whereas with the shock, there's really no map that they have troubles with. Um, we've we've actually seen how one of the ways to almost you know turn the shock off is to uh, take Sinatra and his Doomfist play out of the picture, mm-hmm. yeah. and from there, you know, it becomes an, an entirely different San Francisco team. Arguably, that's one of the reasons why the rain did well uh, against them. But ultimately, the San Francisco Shock to a person have said their loss to the rain woke them up and they decided that they weren't going to lose again. And I guess that's what's somewhat scary to me is when we saw this in stage two, the San Francisco Shock lost to the Vancouver Titans in a stage one final. They came in almost overconfident, almost arrogant, and you could argue that maybe almost shouldn't even be in there. But that loss woke them up, and they then proceed to have a golden stage. Yeah. What
1: I hope is that through this losers bracket and, and the lack of challenge that they've gotten, they might have uh, snoozed off a bit again. Because at no point could they afford like losing. I'm not implying that. Well, in the grand finals, you can afford losing maps, but they might not be as sharp as as sharp as they could have been if they went through some adversity outside of that loss to the the rain
0: fair enough and there should be something said about the fact that we have a weekend off before they face each other at sure. the end of the month right so there the momentum that that San Francisco had going through the course of this past weekend where they knocked off three four wins some of that will be tempered but i want to make it very clear i don't think any one of us is saying the san francisco shock aren't going to show up in philadelphia with their game faces on like they're coming to win Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyhow we're going to get into the preview of the grand final next week because heaven forbid we have nothing to talk about (laughs) so let's talk about a few other things happening I just said a boot (laughs) it's like <laughs> I went full Canadian for a moment. Uh, we'll talk about a few other things that are happening around the Overwatch League. First and foremost is uh, what's going on in Toronto. So they brought on an assistant coach at the end of the third stage. Uh, someone that had come up through the uh, Montreal rebellion, their uh, contenders team op the docks. Well, he's out. He uh, <laughs> lasted one stage. Uh, only to find himself no longer needed. Now, as to why he's on his way out, that isn't entirely clear. And one could argue that having gone 0-7 in stage three, that the 1-6 result in stage four, you know, was dude orthodox. Who knows? Anyhow, the point being, they have parted ways. <laughs> like, a, like a different assistant coach would have helped. <laughs> Come on. Hey, I'm 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 scraping the bottom of the barrel for a positive here. <laughs> Um, And then the other late breaking uh, news is actually coming out of Los Angeles. So the, uh, the ownership group uh, uh, for the gladiators, Cronky sports and entertainment, they have actually parted ways with the esports group sentinels uh, who've been uh, essentially managing the the gladiators for them. Anyhow, Cronky uh, sports and entertainment they are, they're apparently going to form their own front office to run the glads. And then as well, the, the call of duty franchise that they, uh, uh, they have uh, access to now, Putting some background for those of you who don't know what's going on, Conky Sports Entertainment is uh, essentially a traditional sports ownership group. Uh, they own quite a few traditional sports teams, very similar to how the Aquilinis own the Vancouver Canucks, the Vancouver Warriors, um, uh, the Rogers Arena, <laughs> Arena. And it is interesting that they're sort of going in a different direction. You see here in, in Vancouver, the Aquilinis, you know, working closely with Luminosity and now enthusiastic uh, gaming. Um, whereas Crunky Sports and Entertainment going the opposite direction. So only time will tell what that will mean for the the gladiators. But uh, yeah, that's some big news there. The other news actually has to do with the game itself. Uh, Overwatch released a new patch today, patch 1.40, and I find it interesting that it was 1.40. Although I guess you know incrementally it makes sense. Uh, so we've seen a few adjustments here. So. Uh, Sim's got a slight nerf, so her damage output has gone down slightly. Mm -hmm. Um, As well, the adjustment to her and Zarya mean that their beams will no longer uh, increase in such size that they can become OP. This is odd. Like, I get that the two were able to create significant damage output, but with our current meta as it is, double shield, you would think that the heroes that you would adjust would not be the ones that are able to drop shields. That said, this could very well be indicative of the fact that you look in, in ladder and in QP, uh, <laughs> Sim was essentially a guaranteed pick, you know, every which way to Sunday. She's like going all the way to coalescence in five seconds. It's cr-
1: crazy strong pick in ladder. No,
0: um, Other adjustments that we saw uh, had to do with uh, uh, Arisa. Um, she no longer flies. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Well, okay. It's not just Arisa that flies. And we talked about this in a previous episode where, uh, if the, uh, the halt were to go and then pull and then the character were to, you know, resist it, they get thrown in the sky a million miles or whatever. I think this should is just owned up to that bug and just added a voice line where she goes like, Wee! <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh, so that, that's no longer going to happen. Uh, Sigma has seen a uh, slight adjustment, uh, the cast time for results a little bit longer. Uh, the explosion radius or his, um, accretion is a little bit bigger. Uh, and then his primary is a little bit, um, less effective. Um, but not significantly. One adjustment though is now when Sigma's hacked, his shield goes away.
1: Hmm. Wait, could could you uh say accretion again? Accretion. Thank you. Go ahead.
0: Did I did I not say it right?
1: No, no. I just wanted to hear you say that again. Accretion.
0: <laughs> is that is that? I thought we were going to title this episode that um, you know bananas <laughs> are, or are the potatoes are the. Ben- Fruit of bananas or whatever the hell was, but I guess the you know, title is Accretion. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, can't, you can't say the line. It shouldn't be the title. <laughs> That's, well, no, I, I have it written down in, in my <laughs> other notes here. It's not a Titan's Chord. There was a whole conversation today. For those of you who uh, aren't in Titan's Chord, you missed out. But someone sent an email to Maddie who is uh, on the organizational side. She's phenomenal. She's organized all the events so far. Um, but they actually included this line in an email. Uh, let me, okay. I got to scroll back and find it. Uh, da, 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 da. Where is it here? Are we going to get Maddie on the cast? It says uh, <laughs> bananas are the potatoes of fruit. That was actually in an email that she received. Like we're talking a full on, not like, ha ha fooled you email a full on like formal are the
1: potatoes of fruit. Well, they're not wrong. It's basically like a lot of carbs and, and very starchy very starchy
0: it's just an interesting concept to include in an email to someone who works for an (laughs) esports organization just saying i think those are important things to discuss but uh, maybe the title will be accretion because (laughs) i apparently say it in such a way that omni gets excited you you could call it uh accretion is the potato of Overwatch abilities (laughs) there we go there we go um the other adjustment is to Bashan. He no longer consumes uh, his uh, resources when healing at full health. Uh, there's also been a slight adjustment to his recovery to heal. So um, if the heal is canceled by fire, there's a subtle uh, delay to go back to heal. Yeah. Because
1: in- uh, pros always abused it when they went full ult and you just shoot, heal,
0: shoot, heal, shoot, heal. And you, and your shooting is at the same pace as normal. Yeah. Uh, there is also an additional Bastion uh, switch, and it's not so much a switch, it's an introduction to the Bastion Brick Challenge. Uh, Overwatch and LEGO have gotten together and decided to build a Bastion out of LEGO and put it in-game. Uh, if you happen to win nine games in pretty much any mode uh, before the end of September, you'll score yourself a in-game skin of Bastion that is built out of LEGO bricks. So, so I'm not okay. getting well, what am I? Well, considering <laughs> you don't play Bastion. Although, actually, no, let me rephrase this. You will get it. You're going to get nine wins. W- will I? Uh, yeah, you will. <laughs> if, you're, if you're with Omni or I, we'll throw you just, in our backpacks.
1: And just play 100 wins. games and you'll get like nine
0: wins, I think. Some <laughs> um, <a> 9%
1: chance. <laughs>
0: those nine wins will also score you some uh, sprays as well as some icons. Uh, you know, mm. Three wins so really, is like one. Really, really, one. really good skin. Opinion, time to grind. Yeah. And then if you happen to watch specific Overwatch streams that have drops enabled, you can also get further in-game rewards uh, if you watch up to, I think it's like six hours of, of Overwatch streams. Uh, again, the in-game rewards, there's sprays and icons and you know, not no skins involved here, but for those collectors out there, it's about the only way you're going to score this fat loot, so get on it. And uh, last but not least... Which of you is going to be buying Overwatch for a Nintendo Switch? If you happen to have a Nintendo Switch. Or are you Dude. going to buy a Nintendo Switch so that you can play Overwatch on it? Because it's I coming s- out. Yeah, I have a
1: Switch at work.
0: I might just... Uh... You have a Switch at work? Sorry, is yeah. it your Switch that you've left No, at no, no it, Or at work it, has it, a Switch that you can use? It's the company's Switch. We have a, a room
1: where we go and play Smash or Mario, uh, ah. Mario Aces. Damn. Yeah, my, my we really have an Xbox have at work that nobody's
2: touched for three years. Xbox 360. Oh, we have that too, but we have Xbox Ones.
1: You see, you see it, and you 360, and you realize you're in the
0: <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> you're actually would be it. 180. Okay. That, that's should, why
2: I, I so, like, so anyway, should I get a Switch? I've been talking about this on on Ready Set Pwn Cord. What do we call that here? R-S-P-Cord. I don't even know the name of our our name our own Discord channel. RSP chord yeah but everybody
0: just ignores me and starts talking about smash so <laughs> i have a switch and i actually i i enjoy it's it's the the console i use to chill on like i'll play you know uh, zelda um i might play a little smash i'm no good at it um you know i will fire up the uh the nintendo console or whatever it's called to play old school nintendo games but yeah, yeah, virtual console. Yeah, virtual console. Um I'm not going to buy Overwatch on it. I just I have Overwatch on my PS4. I have it on my PC. Why do I need it on my Switch?
2: You need it on the SkyTrain, man.
0: Okay, as we talked in RSP cord in <laughs> Canadian data rates, there ain't no way I'm playing no Overwatch on the Canada line and or SkyTrain. <laughs>
2: there's no there's no overage
0: charges anymore. You just go down to uh Edge. <laughs> You think you think you can get to, you know, good pings with your 512 kilobits per second?
1: Yeah, if you play Orisa. Well, at least <laughs> at least now if you're lagging, it, it
0: won't be a lie when you say, "Oh, <laughs> train tunnel." <laughs> no, no kidding. I I I I think it's a novel concept. Like I totally see why Activision Blizzard is looking to push the title out to the Switch. It's an entirely different market, and the, yeah. the Switch is Essentially the entry device. Like I think there are a lot of younger kids who sure. may get the Switch as that first console, the first introduction to gaming. And so that's sort of the bridge. And then from there you you're you're building a, a new generation of of players. Yeah. I also wonder if there's more to this than we know based on the fact that at BlizzCon the rumor is that we're gonna see whatever Overwatch 2 happens to be. Yeah. I don't think it's for you know the 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 competitive focused crowd
1: in any way and i don't think a lot of people would double dip or triple dip but it's like you said there's a whole other market there and the switch is super popular now And, and uh yeah a lot of people from like reading forum posts about it it's like oh i actually wanted to play overwatch before but never got
0: to it and i'll get it for my switch it's it's the gateway. It's an entry level. Right. It's, it's what's getting you into the game. And I and you're right. I don't think there will there will be a competitive scene, but it will be nothing like it is on our our current gen consoles. Or you know the focus of uh, comp scene being on, on PC, of course. But uh, I, I think like the place I should be. Yeah. Plus, you have tilt controls. Mm. Well, that that's pretty cool because I mean, I'll look at I'll, I'll suggest the PS4 as an example where. You know, the six axis controllers can give you tilt control and very few titles put that into play. And here's Activision Blizzard saying, yeah, the Switch can do it, so why not? I have tilt controls on my on my PC. I just smashed the
1: desktop and like, uh, <laughs> to the chagrin of my wife. <laughs> I have
0: tilt control through yoga and meditation. Um, So Omni, I think that's called tilt, <laughs> not tilt control. Whereas Sam, what tilt he talks about control. is totally tilt control <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine
2: the number of drops you'll get in game with the switch though if it is if people
1: indeed are using their data to you know what i'll be pissed about though if they get like some sick nintendo crossover skins that we'll never get to
0: use man i'll be pissed. sounds like we're buying switches man uh but i want it on my main ah well, okay, I have a Switch at home. I don't have a Switch at work, so I have one. Hey, Luigi is basically like, he wears Titan skin. <laughs> so so when the Vancouver Titans roll out in Philly, they'll be escorted in by, by Luigi? <laughs> so it's like,
2: yahoo
0: Is that what like, uh, Mario says? I don't remember. Well, no, anymore. I think I they both sort of say
1: that, right? Yeah. Then there's you're that, you you're know- just generalizing, bro. Yeah, I they tot- have completely different personalities and backstories. There's okay, <laughs> they
0: totally do. Ed, um, educate yourself on Mario lore. I am. Man. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I I came up from the day when Mario and Luigi just meant player one or player two, and like mm. the same stripe but different colors. That's pretty much yeah. It's Literally, only, only so much you can do with that many pixels. Uh But as we wrap up our episode, we did. Receive a text message. That's right. We got a text message, uh, and that text message was our phone number saved in someone's phone. Mm-hmm. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna read this message out because you know I don't think it's fair that I don't. But we received the message. And it showed a screen capture of RSP and our phone number, which is for those who know 604-409-3324. That's 604-409-3324. Shipping and handling may apply. Uh, that number was saved with the messages, hey, this is I'm usually Corin, but for Sam I'm called this in quotation marks. Because that's what, like a thirty some odd letter acrostic? But but Sam, apparently there's some in some fine print. It's not a favorites,
2: man. Come Only on. do them for the favorites. It's,
1: it's not, not even f- his name. Fuel the rep god within you. Wow, no. like
0: nope. So I just want morals. I want to throw it out there. So Sam is technically correct. He, I went, I went back and he said, "You need a favorite, the number on your phone." You know, send us a screen capture of that. So that is that is true. It's just amazing that he is now rolling out the fine print. mm Hmm. Corin's smart. He tried to pull a
2: fast one on us, making me do an acrostic poem that's going to break two hours on this puppy. But you know, I am also smart. I got the fine print on the contract.
0: Huh. It's because there is totally contracts being included here.
2: Mm-hmm. Hey, we're nothing without our word. Literally, we'd be sitting here in silence. <laughs>
0: Well, sorry, Corinne. I tried. I brought it up. I shared it with him. But as you can see, you know, Sam went and spoke to his legal team and he's gone and pulled out a contract. But uh, what final words of wisdom do you guys have for everyone?
1: Accretion is the potato of Overwatch abilities.
0: That is totally going to have to be our title. In fact, I may (laughs) use that as our lead in. Oh. Yeah, I don't have anything to follow that. Uh, Well, I do. First and foremost, I'm having a heck of a fun time playing Minecraft with all y'all that tune in. So for those of you who are interested in joining us, uh, the easiest way to go about that is going to readysetpwn.com slash RSPMC. All the details to join are there. Though I also recommend that you join our Discord. That's RSPCord for Sam, who is currently writing it down in permanent mm. marker on his arms. So he doesn't forget, but to, to join our okay. discord, it is discord.io slash ready set phone. That'll get you straight in the other places that you can find us online are on Twitter, on Facebook, as well as on Instagram. And we're at ready set Pone and all three of those places. And of course, there's the blog with content from wallet and that is ready set But I Also want to applaud those of you who are continuing to support our podcast by subscribing each and every episode. I see new subscribers every week, and that just brings a huge smile to my face. That is single-handedly the greatest thing that you can do. The next greatest thing is to share our podcast with your friends, your family. Let them know to tune in. Uh, Don't presume that people know about the greatness that is RSP make sure you advertise word of mouth because that is by far the most potent method of advertising or so I am told. I also need to advertise on behalf of Omni as well as one of our friends out there in the podcast world. Uh, Omni is going to be joining the high noon podcast as a guest next week. So you'll need to make sure that you turn in to HNP. To hear Omni share everything that he knows about the Vancouver Titans. Think he'll remember us? I'm gonna educate them there. Uh well, I, I half expect Omni's gonna show up and we to ask, oh, what do you what do you do? He's like, eh, I follow the Titans. <laughs> Occasionally like watch a game or two. Yeah. Have you ever heard this word? It's called accretion. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say accretion for me? Thank you. That's totally what the podcast is. In that case, be. I guess he will be coming back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. Omni's going to be joining the High Podcast to uh, to help them prep for the grand final in Philadelphia. In fact, I think, uh, Omni, you might be a guest with uh, someone from the San Francisco Shock scene. So be Ooh, prepared. Don't get in any fights now. No, 1v1 me on Hanzo. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, we still need to get that you know Omni bumper one v one stuff. Hey,
1: point. bumper now has a lot of time. time. Let's, let's <laughs> just do that.
0: Hard <laughs> man. Um. Well, the last thing I do want to share before we wrap up is the fact that you can also support us on Patreon as well as Kofi. All that information is available on ReadySipHone.com as well as in Discord. So I won't go through the motions here. Uh, but any support that you provide us, whether it's moral support, financial support, or athletic support, we love mm-hmm. it. On behalf of Omni, at Omni Strike. Sam, add another Sam Chan, and myself, Chris, at Lightforce. I'm going to sign off with those magical two words. Hatch Wait, you're still here? Why haven't you run out to your local Circle K or Max convenience store yet to grab one of those exclusive Vancouver Titans Froster Cups? With six different cups available, and only while supplies last, I'd recommend you get on your way. Those cups are available in Western Canada. Hey, Circle K is a Canadian-owned company, by the way, and the nearest store could be found if you head to CircleK.com. Oh, and one last thing before you actually do head out the door why not share which cup you picked up by tagging us on social media? Hit us up at ReadySetPone and let at CircleKWestCan know that RSP sent you.